Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether they're our corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders. They call us by name, always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. I love the Raiders. Most of all, I love to win. You are now listening to State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Ted Nguyen, and Deshaun Reed on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to State of the Nation post-game edition here on the Athletic Podcast Network. Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Ted Nguyen, and Deshaun Reed ready to break down the Las Vegas Raiders 34-30 win over the Carolina Panthers. The first game in Las Vegas Raiders history, and they go to 1-0, win their first game. Deshaun was there in Charlotte, North Carolina for the game, uh, his first uh, time covering an NFL game, and uh, he got to see a Raiders win. Uh, just Deshaun, impressions from uh, from the Raiders' victory there? Yeah, it was it was a weird one. You know, it looked like they were going to pull away from from the Panthers there in the third quarter. It, it seemed like they had kind of, you know, they they were predictably, you know, they came out a little bit sloppy to start the game. Uh, defensively, mostly offensively, they they had things going pretty well. But it seemed like the the defense got their first couple stops. The offense scored. I thought they were about to pull away there, and then they found themselves down a couple possessions later. But I, I think I was impressed the most by you know the resiliency that they showed once that happened. Um, you know, battling back and, and taking the lead, and then getting that crucial stop at the end of the game. You know, for the Raiders, I think one thing that jumped out from this game is the 2019 first round draft class. I mean, we all know uh, what Josh Jacobs can do. We saw what he did last year and, and he had a great opener. Uh, Jonathan Abram, we didn't know what they were going to get out of him because he got hurt in the opener last year. And, and for all the the hype and hope about him, uh, we hadn't really seen him play a full game. And Cleland Furl uh, had the, the disappointing rookie year as the number four overall pick. And he comes through in, in the biggest moment with uh, with a big play to get the stop on fourth and inches. So, uh, Vic, I mean, really a, a nice showing from that 2019 first-round class. Yeah, I think the more you watch uh, Josh Jacobs, you realize he's probably one of the very best players in the NFL. I mean, today he looked he looked great. I mean, he caught four passes, uh, made some look look great out of the backfield, and uh, three touchdowns. And then you mentioned Abram. I thought Abram was really impressive. I know like the results weren't great in the first half, especially for the defense. But I mean, he wasn't every play. I saw him flying around. He was like a I couldn't spell missile on Twitter, but I called him a missile. But um, yeah, I thought he was very impressive. I think he'll get better the more he gets, you know, the rust off. But uh, yeah, those two guys really, really today really impressed me. I get why he has to wear the loose jersey. I think it has something to do with his shoulder. It's but classic. I don't like it. It just does not look right. <laughs> Somebody's got to get a tight jersey on him. No, man. He's he's a throwback player. He's old school, and it's got it's got the old school look. Like I. I like I don't know. I feel like nothing that Abram does is by accident. I, I don't know. I like the look. It seemed it seemed cool to me just for a guy that is just. I mean, he's not a perfect player. I think we know that he'll he'll improve over time. I mean, there was the the play down near the goal line where he comes racing in and and doesn't get a hand at all on Christian McCaffrey. But he's a fun player to watch. He's gonna get his share of you know late hit penalties and, and all that. And, and you hope he can stay healthy. But um, when he's healthy and out there running around, it's fun to watch. 
I'm sure if you're the Saints watching this game for your scout for next week's game, you're like, huh, maybe we'll try some play action against Jonathan Abram. Maybe that might work because uh, he bites hard, and so uh, that'd be one thing to watch out for. But, yeah, he's super aggressive, and you got to love it. If you're a Raider fan, I'm sure. Like you say, he's an old-school player, and just uh, just very exciting to watch. Yeah, I think the secondary is going to get better as as the season progresses. You know, Damon Arnett had that really bad play where he got beat on the double move, got called for a holding, and ended up giving a long touchdown. Too, but I think these guys are young. Uh, Trayvon Mullen made a play. They'll get better, but the, the pass rush is just really concerning because this Panthers offensive line is not supposed to be that good. And it just seemed like they couldn't get any pressure on, on Teddy Bridgewater sometimes. And when they did get a good rush, all the, the other three guys just got stifled so Bridgewater could just step up. It was definitely concerning not being able to put almost any pressure on Bridgewater throughout the game. You know, I didn't expect it to be like, great this year but it was pretty much non-existent like you said against a offensive line that's pretty weak I didn't really notice Malik Collins in the interior uh, you know they're really expecting big things from him they, I mean Mar- Maurice Hurst uh, he did get in the backfield along with Carl Nassib and had the, the long sack of the game so that was the one bright spot really but outside of that they just really couldn't cause any havoc back there Cleveland Farrell when he spoke to us after the game he said there was a few things that threw him off uh, I'm assuming he was, you know, speaking to, you know, not knowing what the Panthers were really going to do offensively with not having any reliable tape on them. Uh, they said he feels like they can improve moving forward and they're definitely going to need it. I think one thing you kind of expected going into this game is the positions that rely on physicality were going to maybe have some issues and because they haven't had any live snaps. I mean, yeah, you get you get some one-on-one pass blocking, pass rushing drills and all that kind of stuff, but just, there haven't been one-on-one snaps, so actually tackling a guy and actually going full bore after a quarterback, they haven't been allowed to do that. So I think you had to expect a little bit of struggles. Now, I mean, it's not uh, not that it's not concerning to see the, the defense give up 30 points here and you know to the Panthers, but Next week's going to be be tough again, obviously against uh, against the Saints. But I think you you do have to give them a couple of weeks to see if they can settle in and, and if this group can get better. I mean, they had a couple of dropped interceptions too. Uh, Lamarcus Joyner dropped that interception, and uh, Nicholas Morrow who had to come in for Kwiatkowski dropped that pick. And you know, if they if they hung on to those interceptions, that the defensive game would look a lot different. Uh, is, is there any word on? Um, Kukowski? Well, after the game, Gruden said they were, it's not like they don't know yet. They're still waiting on it. You know, obviously, pectoral injury, you know, if, if it's, you know, torn or something like that, that'd be very serious. But uh, kind of talked up Raekwon McMillan and, and Nicholas Moreau a little bit. So it sounds like it might be something that maybe could keep them out moving forward, but they, it doesn't sound like they know for sure at this point. Yeah, how quickly they they went from him getting hurt to ruling him out with a pec injury obviously is always a concern. You know, we did see last year, you know, typically a torn pec is a season-ending surgery type of injury. Uh, We did see last year J.J. Watt tore his pec against the Raiders on October 27th. Uh, Four days later, Quan Alexander, 49ers linebacker, tore his pec. Both those guys did find a way to return for the playoffs. There is a a little bit of recent history of guys coming back, uh, you know, not... Not quite a full season later, you know, being able to come back after half a season. So, um, you know, we don't want to speculate on what it is, but obviously when you see a a guy rolled out that quickly, you you do get concerned. Also on the injury front, obviously we had been watching and tracking Trent Brown all training camp. He hadn't been out there much 
And, you know, we all kind of figured, all right, game week, he'll be good to go. The calf injury was what we finally found out this week was the problem. Well, he plays three plays, plays the first series, and then he's uh, on the training table and eventually ruled out. They had to go to Sam Young, who got to hurt himself, and then they had to go to Denzel Good. But uh, just Trent Brown, I mean, uh, got to be some concern level that, you know, after this training camp, he was only able to make it three plays into the season before he was knocked out of the opener. The speed of what he got taken out of the game, I mean, you know, it was three and out. He barely played, and so for him already to be at the point where, you know, he had to be ruled out for the rest of the game, it makes you, you know, believe that it was something that was never really good to go to begin with. Um, you know, it was, it was a little bit weird because they had him listed as limited earlier this week on Wednesday, and then Thursday promoted him to full, and he didn't seem to have a limp or anything super noticeable at practice. But, um, you know, as we keep saying, you know, once you get in, live game action things are a little bit different and so uh it it might even be a situation where they're being more cautious we've always talked about how good the line is but also just the depth you gotta be impressed with denzel good they mentioned didn't play any at all practice at right tackle he came in today and did a nice job so i think that definitely speaks to uh the overall strength of, of that unit i think because the offensive line is so talented that if you have one weak spot they could scheme around it. You know, they could help out the right tackle position and just kind of leave everybody else with one-on-one matchups. So I think they'll be okay that front. Obviously, having Trent Brown in there is going to make a huge difference. So hopefully uh, he gets healthy pretty soon. And um, yeah, I mean, Henry Ruggs looked good in the beginning when he was healthy. He obviously, he tried to play in the second half. But, you know, I wonder if he's all right as well because he didn't really make much of an impact after that injury scare on the post-game zoom he said he said he was feeling all right he said he got tackled kind of awkwardly but he said he was feeling feeling good so i don't think it's a long-term concern hopefully but maybe they're just playing being you know, playing safe and being cautious with him in the second half yeah i don't think they would have brought him back out there if it was anything too serious yeah i mean obviously we got to see you know, before that early on what kind of dynamic he's going to bring to this offense second play of the season they go deep to him it didn't hit Later, they tried a flea flicker going deep to him. That didn't hit, but they did hit on the one big play, I think a 45-yard catch for his first uh, career reception that we had to wait a little bit for the ball. Maybe if it had been there a little bit sooner, he might have got uh, got all the way in for the touchdown, but still a big play that set up the first touchdown. And as long as this guy's healthy, you know, I think you're, you're going to be able to see the Raiders uh, take some shots with him, and, and that was fun to see early on, to see that the Raiders were opening up a little bit, and, and they were going to let it fly and, and try to get some big plays out of Ruggs. I thought uh, Derek Carr played pretty well today, too. I, I don't think he did put up a monster stat line, but he did average eight yards per attempt. But, you know, without the crowd noise, you could really hear him orchestrate the offense at the offensive line, and, you know, he was checking into runs, he was switching sides. He was helping the the offensive line identify the front. So, you know, he he does make an impact with his, his knowledge of the game and how uh, how comfortable he is in Gruden's offense now. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Hey, everybody. Don't mind me. I just need to take a quick sip of water. Gotta stay hydrated whether I'm working out or just talking here. Did you know that dehydration occurs daily in three out of four people? But let's be honest, it can be hard to keep reminding yourself all day to keep that water by your side. Well, with Liquid IV, each serving helps you get as much hydration as two to three bottles of water. I thought just filling up my hydro flask all day was enough. But then I saw this box of Liquid IV at my sister-in-law's house, and she started raving about it. It tastes better than sports drinks. You can water it down if you want and put one packet, say, in 40 ounces of water, and it still tastes great. She deals with headaches from dehydration, and this has helped a ton. And how do I say this? 
It hydrates you without sending you running to the bathroom all day. It's great for boosting your energy and eliminating that lethargic feeling. Oh, and you've got to try the passion fruit flavor. It contains five essential vitamins and more vitamin C than an orange and as much potassium as a banana. It's healthier than sugary sports drinks, has no artificial flavors or preservatives, and less sugar than an apple. And it's made with clean ingredients, non-GMO, vegan, and free of gluten, dairy, and soy. Plus, Liquid IV is on a mission to change the world. Liquid IV is donating 3.7 million servings in response to COVID-19. Products are being donated to hospitals, first responders, food banks, veterans, and active military. Liquid IV is available nationwide at Costco and Target. Or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code ATHLETIC at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code ATHLETIC at liquidiv.com. Get better hydration today at liquidiv.com. Promo code ATHLETIC. Cindy Gruden, Tiger Woods. That was one of the uh, the audible calls that we heard. So uh, John Gruden's wife getting a shout out in the audibles. Yeah, their offense should. I mean, it looks deep. I mean, Darren Waller was a factor early on. I'm not sure if the Panthers changed what they were doing against him because he wasn't that big a factor second half. But you mentioned Rugs early on. Edwards only had one catch, but he blocked well, so he played a role. So and Nelson Aguilar, the touchdown catch, I mean, perfect pass from Derek Carr. So they showed they got run for those two catches in a row that were big in that one drive. So they showed they're pretty deep on offense. And besides Jacobs, they can do a lot of things with the ball. Yeah, Hunter Renfro. I mean, you know, we always talk about Hunter Renfro as the, the third down guy. It's kind of a joke, but I mean, it, it, he's just so reliable on third down. He got that third down catch. Then he drew two penalties on third downs to convert for first downs, one on um, one on Vic Tafer's buddy, uh, Tahir Whitehead. So, yeah, it's just really reliable receiver and uh, made an impact today. Who would have thought that a whitehead penalty would help the Raiders win a game? Wow, that was a, that was a twist. Twice. Twice, yeah. And, uh, Twice. And then, I mean, again, like the Panthers did very rare-like things. I mean, obviously old rare teams, but, like, not only that, the penalties killed them. But, I mean, fourth and one, the game on the line, and you give the ball to your fullback. Like Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey, no, you, no, no, not you. You, you take the ball. I mean, I just, I guess they're trying to catch him off guard, but, I mean, you got to go with your best player there. You got to make it, you know, give him a chance to make a play. And he was kind of rolling at that point. So definitely where he's got a big break when they saw the fullback uh, tugging the rock there. You know, one guy who I was pretty impressed with, I, I don't think we gave much thought to, was Devontae Booker. Four carries, 29 yards, a 7.3 a pop. And then he had three catches, 23 yards. So seven touches uh, over 50 yards. That's pretty good production out of a backup running back. I mean, they, they didn't really utilize Jalen Richard uh, a whole lot. Like we, we've, become accustomed to. I mean, Rashard had one catch, 15 yards, but they got some good production out of Devontae Booker. Yeah, based on what we saw today, I wonder if you could even say Booker is the number two guy and, and Rashard's down number three because I agree, you look good and definitely gives him a more you know bigger back than Rashard is. So I thought that was an interesting development today. Yeah, he played well. I mean, he um, made a few impressive vision runs too where, you know, he found a hole where I thought there wasn't going to be a hole and, and made some plays. So I think they, they might have found a good backup running back and Booker. He had a strong training camp, so I don't think the Raiders were too surprised by it today. It was probably factored into the decision to go ahead and trade Bowden. You know, when you have a guy that looks like that along with, you know, having Richard as, you know, whether he's, you know, their third running back now or even still their second, you know, that's a pretty good trio that they have there. 
You know, one uh, minor surprise, I was surprised Meek Robertson uh, did not play a snap in this game. And, I mean, you, you kind of figured that he wasn't going to get uh, some action defensively yet, but surprised that they, uh, you know, supposed to be kind of a versatile guy in the defensive backfield. You figure they would find his way on uh, onto special teams, but no snaps for the for the rookie there. But um, nothing to be, like, concerned about or anything. But it uh, was interesting that he was, the outside of Nathan Peterman, the only guy for the Raiders that was active but did not play. I was going to say, Isaiah Johnson played today a little bit for Arnett uh, for a spell there, so I wonder next week when they got to bring back uh, Nevin Lawson what they're going to do roster-wise. All right, guys. Well, uh, and any final thoughts? The Raiders uh, 1-0, and uh, but the, the AFC West, uh, everybody that's played so far also won. The Chargers, who uh, we've, we've seen over the years, who they get brutalized with end-of-game gaffes. They get a, a missed 31-yard field goal by the Bengals to uh, to win their opener. Obviously, the Chiefs were impressive in their Thursday night opener, uh, their victory over the Texans, uh, and the Broncos will play on Monday night. But uh, 1-0 for the three teams that have so far played in the AFC West. So uh, pretty good start to the season for this division. Yeah, we talked about it before in the, in the pre, I guess, the pregame podcast. How this was a really important game because of the way the schedule plays out, you had to go to Carolina. You had to beat a team that you're better than, which they did. It wasn't ugly, it wasn't pretty at times, but they got it done. Defense has to get better, and but um, definitely a win you had to have. And now you go on to your home opener next week against the Saints. You know, it was good. They scored some points, but just defensively, I thought it was just a big letdown. You know, I just it's a new Panther team with a new quarterback, new offense. I thought. They should have looked a, a lot more dominant, but you know it's still early, and um, we'll see if they, they get the pass rush going. And like I said, the secondary will get better, but just giving up 30 points to this Panther team is not a great look. And they're going to be facing an offense that's a lot more talented, a lot more dialed in with the Saints next week, so they have to get their act together pretty quickly. I think even though it was kind of a, a ugly win, the guys seemed pretty confident after. Have we mentioned Josh Jacobs? I mean, having his his day with, with three touchdowns. Um... You know, it was kind of funny after the game, John Gruden, he kind of set it up to where he was basically saying he didn't want to compare Jacobs to anybody and, like, compare him to Walter Payton. <laughs> <That's kind> of, <laughs> 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 I don't want to say he's like anybody, but he's yeah, like Walter he, Payton. I mean, he's pretty... That's, that's, that's a great lead-in. I got you all waiting. Ah! Gotcha! But, yeah, it was good. I'm pretty confident that our offense is what we all expected it to be. Um you know, Derek Carr's final toes didn't look that great, but he did average about eight yards per attempt. Week one told me that I'm feeling very good about my overpick for Josh Jacobs touchdowns, and I'm feeling very good about my underpick for Derek Carr touchdown passes because I could see a lot of games like this where Carr plays well because he obviously played well today, close to having another touchdown there on the on the throw to Rugs. They let Jacobs end up being the guy that pounds him in there, so uh, I'm feeling pretty good about those. Two picks I feel right good now. about my underpicks for Jason Witten. <laughs> <laughs> that was not a, a shiny moment uh what third down play and they they throw a two-yard pass to him from the four-yard line yeah hey a win on the road in the opener is uh it, it's hard to scoff at even if you would like to see them be a little bit more dominant in, in certain assets but uh i mean still it's a, it's a win in the opener on the road in a weird ass year where they haven't gotten on a plane together you know at all and so i mean i you can't complain too much about about a win like this. So, you know, one of Gruden's quotes post game that you know I think summed it up. It's like you know, we can say whatever we want about the defense. We got the stop when we needed it, and uh, I mean that's kind of the Raiders' old philosophy: just win, baby, and and that's what they did today. All righty, guys, we'll have to wrap up. Our- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, all right, guys. Well, that'll wrap up our post-game edition of State of the Nation. We'll be back in the middle of the week with another episode setting up 
the opener at Allegiant Stadium when the Raiders will host the New Orleans Saints next Monday night. But uh, we'll talk to you guys again later this week.